a lot of media people that I've interacted with in Tennessee, they're, they're not from Tennessee. They're literally a transplant that went to the University of Southern California that just so happened to get a job in Nashville. So they flew to Nashville and took a job. They, they're not from here. They don't know anything about Tennessee except for what they've heard nationwide. And now they come here and bring their biases from California. And now they're presenting it on the media, which is why I think outlets like yours and mine are good places to get information. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative, and today I'm joined by Alex Abernathy. Alex Abernathy broadcasts daily on all of its affiliate stations across the state of Tennessee. The show was spawned as a result of Alex seeing the need in Tennessee with the news media for a strong, young conservative voice who would unabashedly talk about the values of conservatism, as well as exposing the growing radicalism of the left in our state. Alex spent years in sports radio before making the jump to news, where he became a news anchor on News Talk 98.7 in Knoxville. Alex has worked on broadcasts of Rush Limbaugh, Dan Bongino, and Halloran Hilton Hill. When he's not on the air, Alex has a plethora of other interests, which include owning and operating a promotions company, uh, weightlifting, watching baseball, football, basketball, and hockey, and spending time with his beautiful girlfriend, Jillian. Alex, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brandon. That was a uh, that was a heck of an intro. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. I know I've had you on my show, and I'm excited, and I'll be on yours as well. Well, I wrote this myself. I came up with it uh, by stalking you on social media and calling people that that are your friends personally. So I hope this is yeah. right on. Um, so I'm excited you're doing what you're doing. I've been listening to your uh, podcast because there's so few. Uh, media sources out there that will cover anything that's going on in Tennessee from a conservative perspective, uh, even locally here in Chattanooga uh, and other places we have talk radio, but a lot of the, the hosts just are not, they're not conservative, uh, even though the, the bulk of their listeners likely are. So talk a little bit about, you know, you know, what you've discovered as you've began covering these stories and on the last, you know, 18 months we've seen how our freedoms can be taken away even by conservatives conservatives uh republicans i should say and why it's important to be vigilant uh what have you seen and you know what is your show focused on right now yeah so my show it's split up half and half the first half is all about the state of tennessee and the back half is all about what's going on nationally and like you said earlier it is broadcast we have five different affiliates we have one in jackson one in cleveland one in winchester one in manchester and then of course here in knoxville where i live as well so you can hear the show all over there also the show is podcasted out afterwards all you got to do is search my name alex abernathy and then both the national show and the tennessee focus show will pop up right there for you but just over the course of doing the news for, as you mentioned, the Rush Limbaugh show, the Dan Mongino show, et cetera, it always felt really odd because I would gather my news from all the local news sources here in Knoxville and across the state. And of course, these are CBS affiliates. These are ABC affiliates. They, they have the, inherent same, the same inherent bias at the local level that they carry at the national level as well. So it was always really weird cutting into a broadcast of the Rush Limbaugh show, which we all know the way that Rush Limbaugh leans, and then bringing you a news story from an NBC affiliate that hates conservatism. So as I kind of grew up and, and saw the way that these stories were covered, and then really started digging and uncovering a lot myself, I did realize just how terrible a lot of the statewide news coverage was and one that really pushed me over the edge which was perfect timing because it was right whenever I launched this show was the whole Michelle Fiscus story in Tennessee 
and Michelle Fiskus, the former vaccine official that was that was fired and it was covered all as a political reason that she was fired. And the reason she was fired was because she wanted to promote the vaccine to minors, or at least that's the story that we were sold. But of course, I did some digging and I went and actually found the recommendation letter as to why Michelle Fiscus was fired. And when you go and you actually look at all the evidence, her firing had really been in the process for months in advance because she had and and the letter that recommended her firing provided all the receipts of the bad performance reviews the times where the state had gotten her training to try and improve her leadership skills and then afterwards the leadership trainer that they would hire for her would walk away and basically say she's impossible to work with she started her own organization that had done zero research had zero employees and yet was still trying to get funding from the state to fund this organization that did nothing and didn't really exist. She was just trying to line her own pocket with state's money. But of course, the media coverage in Tennessee did not cover that side of the story at all. Instead, they just wanted to do what they could to make the conservatives out to be the big, bad, evil ones that just wanted people to die from COVID. So that story really just really pushed me over the edge when it comes to statewide media coverage in Tennessee. Well, it's kind of funny. Um, I guess in a way, I can thank the liberal media because similarly, when we led the protest or I led the protest on the Market Street Bridge here in Chattanooga, which I'm not a protester, I hate protests, I'm rarely nervous, I don't mind speaking in front of an audience, but uh, you know, we were perpetrated by the Times Free Press as you know, we were hicks, we didn't care, we weren't wearing our masks, which made us evil people, we wanted to kill grandma. Uh, and, and meanwhile, the reporter didn't wear a mask. Now, none of that was ever reported, of course. You know, the, the hypocrisy is never covered. And uh, we just got ridiculed for wanting our churches open, for wanting our jobs back, for our small businesses not to be discriminated against. If Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart could be open, I don't see why a small business couldn't. And churches in particular on Easter Sunday could not even serve communion through a window in Chattanooga, but you could definitely go pick up a hamburger because that's more important than your spiritual health. And we were ridiculed, but then the Black Lives Matter protests happened for weeks on end where they spray painted private property, kicked out windows, uh, cursed the cops continually, tore down uh, objects at the, at the courthouse. They get a mural. They get a mural and glowing coverage for weeks. And so that's how the Tennessee conservative was born, because uh, I, I knew that we would never get a fair shake uh, in, in Tennessee until we actually started um, and started our own media outlet so we could report things from a conservative perspective. So as you look across the media landscape in Tennessee, Alex, uh, especially the broadsheets, and they tend to originate most of the stories that are parroted, and I do use that word parroted, on TV and radio, because um, most, most TV and radio programs in Tennessee, they just, they open up the Tennessee and they open up the Knox New Sentinel, the Times Free Press. They don't spend any time or money originating stories in most cases. A few TV stations do, uh, but mainly uh, they, they just read whatever the liberal papers report. You know, what, what are you seeing as you search for material to cover on the statewide basis and, 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 and how that creates this echo chamber across the state of Tennessee? Yeah, the same fact will get parroted all across the state, as you were just saying. For example, yesterday, I believe it was on the show, there was this one chart that was going around across every Tennessee Democrat state representative, and of course, which means it got picked up by the media and thrown around as well. And it was this chart comparing Knox County to Hamlin County to Metro Nashville schools to Shelby County and the age of, student, of children five to 18 and their positivity rate for COVID. 
And what they were doing, what they were using this chart for was to compare the school systems because Knox County Schools doesn't have a mask mandate or didn't until starting this week because of a federal judge. I know you've covered that extensively, but Metro Nashville schools, Hamlin County Schools, to my understanding, and Shelby County Schools have had a mask mandate in place. And what this chart showed, or at least presumably showed, was that, oh, look, the schools with mask mandates, their population is faring so much better than Knox County schools. But whenever you really dug into the data, what you saw was this data was for the entire population group of 5 to 18 and wasn't actually about the school systems themselves. But whenever you actually dug into these school systems and looked at their COVID-19 dashboards, what you saw was their positivity rates for COVID were very, very similar. In fact, Hamlin County, with the mask mandate, had a slightly higher COVID positivity rate in students that age group than Knox County without a mask mandate. And so that is just kind of an example as to what you were saying about how one graph that seems to show what the Democrats in the state of Tennessee and the media in Tennessee, what they want to see, and they'll parrot it everywhere, even though when you actually dig into the data, it doesn't support the point they're trying to make. Yeah, well, and, and they count on that. They count on people, uh, you know, the, the truth often takes a, a fair amount of explaining. A lie is very simple. You can typically tell it in a, in a sentence. And if it's a big line, if it's an appealing lie, it, it travels a lot further. And I think it was like in 2015 or 16, it's been a while since this study has been done, uh, only 7% of, of journalists reported uh, that they identified as Republicans. And, you know, that's that's an old survey now. I mean, it's not quite a decade old, but it's it's getting there. And um, I'd imagine that number's likely gone down. So it's very difficult to get conservative news without bias if 95% of the reporters in Tennessee are liberal Democrats. And we don't really need to be supporting them with our eyeballs, our clicks, or by consuming their content because it just perpetuates the narrative. So if you had to pick two or three major stories or, or policy administrative developments that you've been really following, uh, what would they be right now and what would people need to be looking for? Or what do they need to know about? So first off, let me, I just want to bounce off of something you said a minute ago about the media coverage in Tennessee and a lot of media people that I've interacted with in Tennessee, they're, they're not from Tennessee. They're literally a transplant that went to the university of Southern California that just so happened to get a job in Nashville. So they flew to Nashville and took a job. They, they're not from here. They don't know anything about Tennessee except for what they've heard nationwide. And now they come here and bring their biases from California. And now they're presenting it on the media, which is why I think outlets like yours and mine are good places to get information. Uh, Cause at least, I mean, I was born in Tennessee, raised in Tennessee, went to college at the university of Tennessee. I am born and bred, no Tennessee, love Tennessee. And I don't think you get a lot of that from the media in our state. Uh, all right, to go and answer your question about just different policy and administrative developments, I think one at the national level that really needs to be paid attention to is what's going on right now with the Democrats' tax and spend plan. And what I mean by that is I did a deep dive the other day. I know I keep referencing data. That's kind of, I'm a big nerd when it comes to that. And the Tax Foundation put out their findings where they divided up every district in every state. So all nine districts in the state of Tennessee, you can find on taxfoundation.org. And they measured out how much the average taxpayer's taxes will go up between now and 2030, because that's when Joe Biden keeps saying, this is gonna pay for itself by 2030. So it measures out what the average taxpayer will pay additionally in taxes between now and 2030. And it, it does vary by district based on income levels. But for example, District 2, where I live, 
uh, our taxes between now and 2030, the average taxpayer will pay roughly $954 more a year in taxes. Out in West Tennessee, with the exception of Memphis, Memphis would actually see a much lower tax tax increase than everywhere else, but that's because of the poverty in Memphis. But in lots of West Tennessee, you're looking at over $1,000 a year per tax, per the average taxpayer in that district. I'm sorry, I don't know about a Hamlin County in the Chattanooga area. I went over it on my show the other day, but I don't remember that right off the top of my head. But I think when you're looking at issues from the federal level that are going to directly impact mine and your pocketbooks, yeah, I think that's a, that's a massive story that needs to be paid attention to. Guys, it takes a lot of time, money, and effort to do what I do here at the Tennessee Conservative. And if you go to tennesseeconservativenews.com support, you can help us in the fight, and boy, do we ever need it. And you get two proud Tennessee conservative bumper stickers. And with this special session coming up, it's really important to have your hands on this handy-dandy contact list so that you can respectfully encourage your senators and especially the ones that lean left that are Republicans to do the right thing, even if they don't agree with it. Because a lot of them don't. They think you should just be just do what you, your government tells you and shut up. You need to contact them, okay? And we've got your state senators and we've got your state reps on here, and you can contact them. And if you give $50 or more, or if you give a recurring contribution, you will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. Proud Tennessee conservative. I know that all of you are. And uh, this special elixir that is created in here, you can put any kind of beverage you want to in here, and it will actually turn liberals conservative if you can get them to drink the whole thing. Uh, it also has to be pure grain alcohol because you have to like you know tampen down enough of, of the uh, in, you have to reawaken the inactive brain cells in a liberal's mind. And if you put it in this special magical container and if they drink from it, uh, those are the things that happen. They start talking like Thomas Sowell and Rush Limbaugh. It really is quite amazing. So if you'll give a donation of fifty dollars or more or a recurring donation, we'll send that puppy out to you and you'll get my sincere gratitude and undying thanks. Listen, I've heard it said that conservatives give conservatively and liberals give liberally. And uh, I have not found that to be true, but we could still use a little more help. A lot of times people consume publications like this for free, uh, organizations that are really fighting very hard and bearing a financial and a time burden to do what conservatives want somebody to do but can't do or don't have the time to do. So your donation allows us to do what you can, and we step in for you. So go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support. We could really use your help. Well, I know that it's always funny. Everything where they, they, they take more tax dollars from the individual, uh, the payout is always speculative. Uh, it, is, it is usually false, and it is always like whenever the next two election cycles have already taken place and, and they're done. And everybody who, who voted for it is either dead uh, or looks to be dead, but they're still in office. And so that's, that's always the, the, the break even's always way down the road. It's like, you know, it's like the, what was the guy on, uh, was on Papa? It's like, you know, if you'll buy me a, a Tuesday, if you'll buy me a hamburger today, I'll gladly pay you back Tuesday and Tuesday never comes. Uh, what's another story that you've been following that you think is of particular interest here in the volunteer state? Well, I think a lot of it's got to do with the massive population shift that you're seeing around the country and especially in the last 18 months. And a lot of that is coming to Tennessee. I think by the next census, by 2030, Tennessee can certainly expect to pick up another seat in the House of Representatives, assuming that the same trend we're seeing now continues. And where we're seeing the biggest population growth in the state is in the suburbs of Nashville, which 
can be a good thing because even though Nashville is very blue, the suburbs of Nashville tend to be very red. But at the same time, as you're seeing these transplants come in from New York, Michigan, and California, the fear becomes that they might start to turn some of those areas blue. So I think that's something that really needs to be paid attention to, as well as along with the population shift is coming a massive business shift. I know you and I talked about it with the corporate welfare and whatnot for a lot of these car companies that are wanting to open up their electric vehicle manufacturing plants in the state of Tennessee. And though I don't love the idea of corporate welfare, as we talked about the other day, I do love the idea that these businesses are investing billions upon billions of dollars in Tennessee. And I think it's important that Tennessee wants to keep those businesses as well and not turn into a place like California, which has already seen by September of 2020, more businesses leave the state this year than did in the entire year of 2019 and 2020 leave California. And they're coming here. And I think it's a it's a massive story. It's going to add more power in Tennessee, but it also might make Tennessee. I, I don't think Tennessee is going to become a true battleground state, but I do think in the state house and the state Senate, uh, you are going to see Democrats attempt to pick up more seats as that population shift moves in. And I think that's a bit scary. Yeah. And I think one thing that I, that has surprised me as it relates to the, the story of, of both the, the, the population shift, I get people constantly that watch our program, uh, that email me, that read our publication, and they don't live here. They're in Idaho. They're they're in Oregon. They're in uh, they're in California. They're another. They're in Michigan, and they're trying to get out of their state. And before they move to a state, they start believe it or not, keeping up with the conservative news that's in the state. They look out for a conservative news outlet to see, well, is this a place I really want to move? I think people from North, you know, just all kinds of places moving in. It's very strange to me. It's very strange. I don't know that I would research that much. Um, what you were just saying, U-Haul put out their report of the states that had the, the highest increase of people moving there year over year in 2020. And four of the top five states, if I remember them correctly, it was Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Ohio, and Arizona. Four of the five of those states don't have state income tax, which of, of course is a major conservative policy. In fact, we had protests, what was it, in the late 90s on the state mm -hmm. capitol here in Tennessee in order to keep Tennessee without a state income tax. And I, yeah, I think it's very clear that conservative ideology and conservative policies are drawing people to Tennessee. Yeah. The, the thing that I do worry about with conservatism, especially our conservative leadership and in, 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 in particular the governor's mansion and the state Senate, a lot of people think of conservatism in one way, but what we've really got in Tennessee, it, or so it appears over the last 18 months, it's really not conservatism as much as it's corporatism. And corporatism is like, we, we want to keep our tax rates low. We want to make sure that um, we want to make sure that 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 Tennessee is a very business friendly environment, but they've been very willing to, to throw things like individual liberties, medical freedom uh, and liability uh, is, is really a, a big issue with medical liability right now because they've essentially allowed the corporations to uh, push vaccine mandates in the state of Tennessee and, and McNally and Lee have been unwilling to do anything about it, but then they give them immunity. So if you do take a vaccine because it's your it's your job or, or your your medical freedom, if there's an adverse reaction, if there's a death, if there's a if there's a miscarriage, the, the corporations aren't liable. So in many ways, the, the conservative corporatists are trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And they're standing up far more uh, for the investment dollars than the people in their districts. And dollars go a long way, but dollars don't vote. And I hope that there will be a little bit of a shift in there. The big corporations were allowed to stay open while the small businesses were shuttered. We have 24% fewer small businesses in Tennessee now than we did uh, when Billy took office. So that's that's not a good sign. Any other stories that you think people should know about? 
Uh, I just think, and once again, this is both national and local. I think culturally, the shift that we have seen in our country to more liberal ideologies as a whole, and especially with, you mentioned the Black Lives Matter protests and the idea that police are somehow the enemy. I think that culture is so much more important than politics because of course there's the old i think it's a milton friedman phrase that says politics are downstream of culture Mm -hmm. so whatever you see happen in the culture will eventually manifest itself in politics so i think culturally especially with my generation and the younger generation we do see and i I get it generally younger people tend to lean more left uh it, it scares me For example, I mentioned I went to the University of Tennessee, and I know we're told all the time, critical race theory is not taught in the state of Tennessee, uh, not in public schools. Uh, Look, I wasn't taught it in high school or middle school or anything like that. But when I went to the University of Tennessee, oh, yeah, oh, I was taught critical race theory. And everybody I know that studied to become a teacher and is now teaching in the state of Tennessee, I don't know if they're teaching it in their classrooms, but critical race theory at the University of Tennessee was a major portion of the curriculum of future teachers in the state of Tennessee. And I think this feeds educationally into this massive borderline anti-American culture shift that we're seeing. And I think as you become more anti-American, you also become more anti-conservative because conservatism is conserving the best parts of America. And of course, as you become anti-American and anti-conservative, you become anti the values that have been promoted in Tennessee for decades and made Tennessee one of the best places to live in the country. Well, just in case you think that that the indoctrination of college students is recent, uh, (laughs) when I was in school at Jacksonville State University, um, you know, they had already started segregating uh, blacks and whites in, in Greek life, which I think is a travesty. They were segregating a, a, a multicultural and a Caucasian student government associations and, and offices of multicultural affairs. I mean, I, it's a, it's funny how progressive ideas are so regressive. Oh, so yeah. seg- segregation and uh, and racism is kind of an old idea, and but it, it does work uh, for politics and polarizing people. And so the, the Democrats, if, if they're not being racist against black people, they'll wait 10 or 20 years and then they'll be racist against white people. And then as the demographics and the opinion shift, they'll find another group to go after. And so that stuff's been going on in, in education. The, the, the terrible part is that taxpayer money is used to fund it. And, oh, and yeah. we need to really rip them. I mean, we've already done that uh, to a degree, not in a very effective manner with the CRT legislation that went through the state of Tennessee with Penny Schwinn, who has a history of loving and promoting CRT ideas. Why you think that you would send a fox to guard the hen house, I never can understand. But we need to also take measures to do that in the universities. The mental gymnastics it takes to convince yourself that racism is progressive, it my brain's just not flexible enough to do it. I, I, I can't put it together. It is quite interesting. So if people want to uh, watch your show, if they want to learn more about you, what you do, if they want to uh, tune into your programming, how would they do that, Alex? Yeah. So, I mean, first things first, you can check us out on social media, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. All you have to search is at TN Anchorman. The whole title of the thing is Alex Abernathy, Tennessee's Anchorman. You can see it pop up there. Uh, most importantly, though, I want to drive people to the show. I, I, I think we put out a really good product on a daily basis. The Tennessee portion of the show is just 20 minutes a day, so it's really digestible and easy to listen to. And once again, whatever podcast app you listen on, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, all you got to do is plug in my name. It's Alex Abernathy. 
Abernathy, and both shows, the Tennessee show and the national show, should pop up right there. We drop a new show every night, Sunday night through Thursday night of the week. Excellent. Go ahead and rattle off, and I hope that I'm not putting you on the spot. Go ahead and rattle off your affiliates. Okay, yeah. So we've got uh, News Talk WTN coming out of Jackson. There are there are online television affiliates. You can actually watch the live stream of the show. If that's your thing, you can watch it on all of their platforms. That's News Talk WTN. And then we are on most places. We'll pre-record the show because we're live on WTN. And then we are pre-recorded and pumped out everywhere else. In Knoxville on News Talk 98.7, we're late nights. So we get all the third shifters, which I actually really, really enjoy. And we are the centerpiece. We are the noon show in Cleveland on the buzz and WCDT. We come on late mornings, 11 a.m. That's WCDT in Winchester. And then on Thunder Radio, we are early morning. That is coming out of Manchester. Very good. Alex Abernathy, thank you uh, for coming on the show. Do check out and look for the Tennessee Anchorman. And you can listen to that on your local um, AM FM dial. Or you can also go to the podcast uh, distribution centers on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen. Alex, it's been a pleasure, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Brandon. All right, guys, there you have it. And if you want to keep up uh, with other conservative stories, uh, do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, subscribe to our e-newsletter, and also like this, share it wherever you're watching it. Until next time, I'm Brandon Lewis, signing off.